It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm. I'm, I'm freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes. Welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blocker. And joining me today for this War Report Wednesday, Mike G and C Dub, of course, from the War Report. Gentlemen, how are we doing? <laughs> Catching a breath. Glad, it's been a crazy glad week. To be, glad to be here. <laughs> I'm glad that y'all are here too. What a week. Welcome to LSU week, right? Yeah. Uh, the opening of SEC play here. So. Yeah. Uh, this is the start of a brutal October stretch. I don't think anybody pictured it being this brutal last year when the schedules were made. But, I mean, look how it's panned out with, you know, LSU, Ole Miss, Arkansas. You know, uh, I mean, it's Texas A&M, I think, when we play. Um, That's November, I think. November, yeah. I mean, it's just a brutal stretch of games here. Georgia. I'm sorry, Georgia. How could I forget Georgia? It's, uh, it's the Arkansas game that makes it significantly tougher because it's like, oh, Arkansas is like a legitimately good football team. And I think when the schedules were made, we're like, okay, good. It's Arkansas. We get a breather there. But nope, that is not the case this year. Not the case this year at all. And I think depending on what happens this Saturday, guys, and you correct me if you think I'm wrong here, but if Auburn loses on Saturday, Auburn may not win any of those games. Uh, you know it's hard to say, it's hard to say because this this team is still a work in progress. Like sure, we, I, I feel I think one of the most disappointing things about the month of September is that we left that month with more questions uh, than we anticipated. We hope to have had some things resolved, and while we're still a very talented team, there's still some uncertainty at some key positions. And so, yeah, you kind of want to have those those questions answered going into LSU, which has turned out ironically to be perhaps maybe the easiest game in the month of October, which isn't saying a lot, but yeah, it's, it's, it it is concerning given the fact that Auburn could still lose that game and look to the, the schedule gets tougher after that. Yeah. I think, I think with Zacoby McClain and Owen Papo healthy and in there, our run defense is still good enough to force teams to be one dimensional, um, you know, we saw that versus Georgia State. Without Zacoby in there, the run defense was non-existent. Um, after he came in at the half, um, they shut everything Georgia State could do down, you know, to the tune of barely 80 yards of offense in the second half. So uh, the they're, 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 you know, I think in any reasonable scenario, fans should be happy with a split two and two sure. next month, right? Uh, but I still think outside, this may be a little bit of the homer in me, like, I still think all those games are winnable right now. Um, so it'll it just depends on how how do we look at LSU, right? Um, who plays quarterback, and then what kind of game plan do we employ? Mm-hmm. You got to think they're going to want to try to run the football, and I think Auburn will be able to run the football on LSU. To what extent, I think is interesting, and will the play calling allow that? I think that's another question that you have to ask. But I fully believe that the trio – of of Tank and Jarquez and then Shivers kind of being your gadget guy doing, you know, things where you have to respect the jet sweep. I mentioned earlier in the week, uh, you, you may see some play action off of that because I think they've done a good job setting that up in a short amount of time. But 
I, I fully believe the trio of those three running backs can run on LSU's defense when it's all said and done. I believe that. Uh, see, see oh, oh, but here's the, here's the caveat, Zach. Okay. Only if we can stretch the field a little bit. Because now you have a team that's coming in with better athletes than Georgia State. And here was the formula Georgia State employed. Load the box. They had We were running against 10-man fronts. We broke down the film for our insiders last night. 10-man fronts, right? You've got five to six guys trying to block eight to 10 regularly. And it doesn't matter who your running back is. That's going to be tough for anybody. And because they didn't respect the pass at all in that game, our run game got tank got slowed down. Mm. Jarquez was still averaging six yards a carry because he's ridiculous. But, you know, it, it was tough sledding for tank there. And I, I don't think that it's fair to telegraph a run play versus a 10 man box and then get mad at your O line for not being able to run block. That's that's not that's not how football is played, man. You've got to be able to loosen them up with the pass. And then once they have to respect it, they've got to unload that box a little bit and make yeah. some rules. Prior to this game, our running backs were and our O-line, uh, they were leading the NCAA or the SEC in yards before contact right. in the run game. Yeah. So like and that includes Penn State. Includes Penn State. Yeah. Yeah, so come on, man. You know, uh, I was a little disappointed that the coaches didn't adjust the game plan earlier, but I think that they figured out uh, at the end of the third quarter, if our quarterback can't hit passes because it became clear in that fourth quarter that we weren't going to win the game running it. Right, right. Well, We had to connect on passes. And I love that you point that out, um, Mike G. And C-Dub, I'd love your thoughts on it too, but I haven't I haven't dissed this offensive line at all this week, and people in the YouTube comments or and, and on Twitter and message boards are, are, are really kind of uh, hitting on the offensive line. But I still think the offensive line kind of continues to be the biggest surprise of the offense for me. Maybe outside of Jarquez Hunter, um, the the biggest surprise of the offense so far in 2021 for these Tigers. I think the offensive line has a stigma coming out of 2020. And I think I like because of that stigma, they've kind of become the default fall guy for when the offense doesn't work as we expect it to. Well, right? we're used to it, right? It's like, oh, it's the offensive line's fault. Yeah, yeah. So And so because they were the biggest question, we don't give them the credit they deserve for actually playing better going into the season. Will, Will Friend has done work, but football is still the game of football at the end of the day. If you crowd the box, it's going to be a lot difficult for those guys to work to Mike G's point because there's more people to block. And so I think for, for Auburn, as he as he alluded, I mentioned it last week, balance, right? A perfectly balanced team forces a defense to play you more honestly. Yeah. So you can't have your DBs crowding the, the line of scrimmage playing in the box if they know that you're capable of taking the top off of them. So Auburn's going to have to uh, stretch them out vertically. Auburn's going to have to hit some passes and make LSU say, you know what? We can't, we have to abandon this game plan of stacking the box and trying to take out. Again, we mentioned it in the off season. If you want to stop Auburn, we know what we can do. Well, if Mm -hmm. you want to stop us, crowd the box and force us to beat you in the passing game. We got to start beating people in the passing game. Yeah, which is what LSU's going to do, right? And they know this quarterback as well, too. So, you know, TJ's going to have to go out there and show improvement year over year if he plays. If Bo goes out there, I have no doubt they're going to look at the Georgia State film and do exactly what they did. 
Uh, now we're on the road in a hostile environment. Uh, you know, it, it's the offensive line. Only people, Zach, who don't know what they're watching are blaming the offensive line for all our offensive problems. Right. Take some time, uh, you know, take a deep breath and just watch the film. It's not them. I'm telling you, it's not them. And uh, demanding perfection from your offensive line for your passing game to work is a completely ridiculous thought. Sure. Right. You know, quarterbacks in our league need to be able to operate under pressure. Um, you know, right. we, we, you know, Bo has been under pressure about 22% of his dropbacks this year. You know how much pressure Bama's O line is allowing on Bryce Young? It's Less. like 44%. Oh, yeah. They're allowing a ton of pressure on their QB. How about now, that? I said, right. I call, I call preseason, I called a close win against Florida. And they went out there and they lost that game by two points. I was trying to explain to people, but Bama's got holes in their O line. Me and B will argued about it. And then after the game, he was like, okay, I can see what you're saying. Now they have a quarterback who operates well under pressure and on the move. So it 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 didn't come back to burn them. But you know, I pick I picked Ole Miss to upset Bama for that reason. I think that they can score enough points and they can force Bama to just do enough of the things that they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. So again, even the better quarterbacks in our league don't have perfect situation at offensive line. And I still think we got the best running backs in the league. If you can stretch the field just a little bit, Tank and Jarquez run wild. Right. Right. Yeah. That's it. I, I get it. All right. I want to get y'all's thoughts on uh, who will start at quarterback on Saturday. But first things first, uh, today's show brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. It's the best place to place all of your wagers um, for everything sports betting, head over to betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. And use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Also, we have a new partner here on Locked On Auburn, Innovative Financial Solutions. Uh, if you're a business owner or a high-income professional, please listen up. Have you ever considered that by funding a 401k or an IRA, you're potentially creating a massive tax burden when you retire? Contrary to what you were told by traditional advisors and accountants, these types of things will not save on taxes. It postpones the tax and tax calculation. Uh, my friend and uh, financial expert, Ethan Dahl, he's the owner of Innovative Financial Solutions, has clients throughout the country and he is a national recognized expert in the veterinary community, but he helps wealthy people um, keep their money. You can t- uh, contact Ethan, 251-243-6038, or you can email him at ethan at ethandahl.com. That is Ethan Dahl, your alternative to traditional financial planning. And on this War of Poor Wednesday, we continue on, and I said yesterday on yesterday's Charlie Tuesday uh, gentlemen, that that I still think Bo Nix starts on Saturday. Um, both guests that I've had so far on the show, both Lindsey and Charlie Five, think that it's going to slant a little bit towards TJ Finley on Saturday. I love y'all's thoughts. I I I I'm gonna have to go with them on this. Uh, I I don't see a lot of scenarios where you can reasonably put make Bo your starter, and if you do make him your starter. How shorter it has that leash become? Oh, it's right? it, it's virtually just uh, a handle at this point. It's not a leash, you know what I mean? So, so if it's that short, why do you start him? Anyway, yeah, right. Why do you start him? And if he's injured, 
why would you start an injured QB? Like sure. I, when you look at it these ways, I don't see realistically how you start this guy. I really don't. And I think I think for what we're asking the QB to do, and let's just let's just talk about Bo Nix's uh, shoulder injury. There are some issues that we see even this year with Bo that has nothing to do with the shoulder. And in order to take the top off the defense, you need a QB who is going to be able to see the field. Now, Finley does a better job of that. We we kind of want him to, to improve on going through his progressions a lot faster because we're in conference play. This, the speed of the game has it has increases, right? So there are some things with TJ that that's going to need some work, but I'm hoping that that comes with reps. And so I think given the situation we have at quarterback and what LSU is going to try to force us to do, I like we already have seen on tape what TJ can do versus what Bo can do presently. And so he's he's my lean in that regard. Hmm. Mike G? Uh, okay, so along the same line of thinking, and I think it was Charlie Five that came on the, the this wonderful show, our sure. guy, Zach Black. And uh, he pretty much said, you know, there is no risk to starting TJ in this game because you can always go back to both if it doesn't work out. Yeah. Right, if he plays terribly. Uh, and then people will realize, well, this really is the best we have. The risk, but we've got two, two, two years and four games on Bo right now. If you put him out there and he stinks it up and we lose the game, uh, even if you put Finley in at some point and he almost pulls it out, uh, that's a disaster for Harson. Zach, Zach, hear me. Zach attack. Sure. <laughs> I cannot watch another coach bet his career on Auburn on Bo Nix. Yeah. There's zero reason to do that at this point. I think that he's he, he got a fair shot. He got a fairer yes. shot than most QBs would get. Mm-hmm. And now it's just time to see what Philly could do. This is exactly what you brought him in here for. Right now, let's rewind to when Finley signed with Auburn. And he said, it's not like I'm going there to be a backup. This is exactly what he was talking about. A lot of fans said, oh, no, he understands he's going to have to sit behind Bo. No, that's not what his mindset. That's not what you want his mindset to be anyway. Mm-hmm. He came here because he thought, I can beat this guy out for right. the job. And as soon as he slips, I'm right there waiting in the wings. Now, we've been sold all offseason that Finley really pushed Bo and made him better in camp. We heard that out of the coaching staff. It was parroted in the media. So if that's true, if that's true, if that's not just coach speak, there's no reason to not give Finley a shot here. None. Zero. Right? I think it's a win-win for Harson um, uh, if he plays Finley. You got to find out what you have, and then it'll give you a little bit of an idea of where you might have to go in the future with this team. Yeah. Now you got D. Davis sitting in the wings, and they seem determined to redshirt this kid. So I don't think we're going to see him this year. Yeah, I, I don't. Well, know, I don't know why you would play D. Davis at this point. I know right. that makes a lot of people mad because I, I was shocked how many people are like, "No, we need to start D. Davis on Saturday." It's like, what do you do? No, like wh- if you haven't it, seen him, if you haven't, if you didn't see him in September, you're not seeing him in October. Right, right, and I think D. Davis is going to be a really good quarterback, uh, maybe even next year. But it's just it's not his time um, quite yet. And, and guys, don't get me wrong here. I think it's better for Auburn. I think it's better for Brian Hart. I think it's better for the offense. If TJ Finley starts on Saturday, 
I just have a hard time seeing it. I mean, I'm still in shock, gentlemen. I am still in absolute and utter shock that he got pulled Saturday night. I I, I still just can't believe that it happened. It yeah. did. I- and you know, and it started this, this this revolution amongst the Auburn fan base. We got another spark in our step, a little spunk going on. But I just I just don't see Bo Nix starting the game on the sidelines against LSU when it's all said and done. But I just want to put it out there. I think that they should start Finley. Yeah, you know, listen again. No, uh, Bo is a. This is his chance to just to really prove that he's a team guy. Really. Um, you know, show, show be a team guy here. You have not played well. And he's a competitor, so he should not want to be benched. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, think back to that post-game presser. You know, one of the reporters asked Harson about, you know, Bo's reaction to being benched. He said, what do you expect, man? He was pissed. He's a competitor. Yeah. I totally understand that. But now it's time for the good of the team to see something else. Now, beside play, look at the lift. Did you see the players on the sideline, man? Did you see the energy around the team? There was a Saturday spark. There's no question. Right. Those guys really rallied behind TJ. And they were so happy. And not only that, but some guys who hadn't been working with Finley on second team, uh, Canyon, Capers, uh, and clearly have a better rapport with him, came in the game. Finley was seeing the whole field. You're going to need that versus LSU. So, you know, uh, what we saw was they've been coaching Bo so hard to stay in the pocket that he refuses to use his legs when, even when it's obvious that he should do that. Yeah, that is, that right? is true. Right. I mean, this offensive line created some massive holes in the, and if Bo takes off in the middle of the field, he's running for 10 yards untouched, mm-hmm. but he sat yeah. in the pocket and then he gets locked in on one receiver except for that one that he gets locked in on, is the hardest throw on the field. Kobe could have had a huge night, but Bo just yeah. didn't see him. So all he saw all night was Shed and... and, and, and uh, Our uh, tight end. Yeah, and Shanker. Shanker. It was, tough. it was tough to watch. Now, on a game-winning drive, TJ comes in and throws, throws to five different receivers and completes four to four of them. Mm-hmm. He saw he kept his eyes downfield and he made plays just because his eyes were up looking for playmakers. The throw to Canyon, the throw and catch the Canyon on the sideline Beautiful. is as good as it gets. NFL right? level yeah. stuff. I mean, the, the, the Canyon yeah. catch was elite. Oh, man. And I, I turned to, I said this to Isaac during our interview. I said, this guy's been on the bench. That would have been a Both catch of those guys. NFL. Both of those guys were on the bench. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So I just don't like, you know, uh, I know we made some changes on the coaching staff. I, I wondered out loud to myself whether this had something to do with it. But, you know, the rotation of quarterback and receiver, because, you know, these receivers are out there working their ass off, Zach. And a quarterback, it is it's demoralizing for you. You know, somebody uh, uh, made a uh, – uh, they were talking about how uh, I saw – maybe it was Hope that said it that Tank is running down the field, literally clapping his hands for Bo to see him when he's running routes, or maybe it was one of the receivers. But, like, you know, these guys are working hard, and when you get open, you, you need to. I, they deserve to get the ball, man, and make some playmakers. I, you know, I believe we have a lot of playmakers in that wide receiver core. Mm-hmm. You know, but the, but the pass game, but if you only see a third of the field, you don't see 66% of the talent. And imagine, yeah. imagine being a receiver, or a pass catcher, and you get open, and you do get targeted, and it's just 
He just misses you. Not catchable. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Throw, the throw to Canyon in the back of the end zone is a perfect example. That's the throw you got to make, right? He yeah. threw it high and hard and gave Canyon no shot to catch that ball. Yeah. Well, he was never easy. comfortable. He was yeah. never comfortable in the pocket. And, and, and it's one of those things for, again, when you watch the film, if that first read isn't there and Bo has been coached not to leave the pocket, it's almost panic time right. for Bo. And so not remembering to set your feet, not remembering to step up in the pocket, climb the pocket. He's throwing off of his like those bad habits creep in and he's missing guys who are wide open. And it becomes frustrating for those receivers who've done all they can do to get open only for the ball to sell over their heads. Yeah. Think about this, too, Zach. Right. In line with Caesar saying um, the focus on fundamentals is still a discussion four games into the season. So it is hard to even focus on more complex offensive concepts because you're still coaching fundamentals to your quarterback four games in, you know, and And three years in. Right. Yeah. The climb that Bo had to do in one offseason was always going to be a tough one. You know, his talent ceiling is high. So a lot of people were confident that he could get the Joe Burrow type makeover. I try to explain to people. I was like, "Mm, Burrow didn't have some of these problems. He was always a good quarterback. He was just, again, in a supremely talented quarterback right those two guys at ohio state that he was behind before he transferred to lsu were really good mac jones he sat behind two and jalen hurts you know he arguably had the best season of the three right yeah you know um with Bo, that hasn't really been the issue man like uh he's just got he's i i think personally hot take i think his time at auburn is is coming winding down to an end here, I think he's gotten all that he can get from this program, and he may you need think a Bo's time is coming to an end. Yeah, definitely. As in, uh, he'll, he'll transfer. Um, I think by the end of the season, it'll be time for him to look at something else. I don't see any reasonable scenario where he starts for Auburn football a fourth year. I can't see it. Not with the talented freshman that's coming in, and TJ Finley still here, mm-hmm. right? If, if Finley does a serviceable job, I think Bo's done based on what he's produced. So, we'll see. And we'll, we'll definitely see if Finley gets the chance. Uh, today's show brought to you by our wonderful friends at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It's a protein bar that looks and tastes like a candy bar. This week they have a limited time flavor. It is cookie dough chunk. I had it for breakfast yesterday. Very, very good. They sent us a, a box. Uh, it's delicious. All their bars are delicious. They're all covered 100% in chocolate. Um, whether the flavor is mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. They also have fruity flavors, if that is your thing. But they're all very high in protein, very low in calories, very low in sugar. And like I said, they taste delicious. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That is at Built.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. And I'll bring uh, bring the the war report guys back in here. So just uh, I, I want y'all's thoughts 
Um, well, first thing, tell everybody about everything that's going on at the War Report. Ah, uh, listen. Uh, last night we finished up our film review. This is our most popular in-season thing where we break right. down every single game. Uh, so uh, it's one thing, you know. Many people watch the game; very few watch the film. Become an insider on the War Report. Be one of the few. Uh, the the perspective that we give on what happened. Is something that's unique. It's hard to get anywhere else. We literally break down every single play and rewatch the game, you know, with our insiders so that, you know, people understand a little bit of what happened. Uh, so, you know, again, only exclusive to channel members. Zach, I know you're a channel member. Uh, yeah. so you take part in this. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's something that we enjoy doing. Other than that, we're coming at you guys with content six days a week. We're live on game days. You can check us out on every social media platform. We are the War Report on everything. And TW Report on TikTok. Yeah, you guys do a great job. And like you said, I am a member of y'all's channel. And if you're watching, especially if you're on YouTube, go check out our uh, these guys at the War Report. Then if you're on the podcast, be sure to um, log into YouTube later and uh, check out these guys and and sign up. the The extra content that you get is worth every single penny. You guys absolutely kill and do a great job. So I want to hear y'all's thoughts on how you expect this game Saturday to go between Auburn and LSU. C Dub, what are your thoughts? I would like to see uh, the the run defense pick up where it left off in the second half of of the Georgia State game. Right. And I want to see them make LSU one-dimensional. Um, last week against Mississippi State, we saw Max Johnson. He had a good game, but he was the, he was the beneficiary of some busted coverages uh, with Mississippi State, and he still didn't really torch their secondary – or, or LSU didn't get a lot of yards total in that game. Yeah. Uh, Mississippi State was actually right there with them in terms of actually had more yards than they did and were playing pretty well. It's just those busted coverage really is what made the difference for LSU and allowed them to hold on. The secondary, for all of its weaknesses, if they're able to stop LSU in the run game and make them one-dimensional, I think we could live with giving up – two scores, maybe even three scores in the secondary, so long as Auburn can be balanced on offense and be able to make some plays downfield in terms of the passing game. They got to help out the run game. They got to help out Tank, and they got to help out Shivers. They got to help out Hunter. They got to help those guys out by getting some new faces, uh, your canyons, your capers, and these guys can go get the ball, man. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was so impressed with their ball skills and how they're able to make a play. And these are certain things we haven't really seen through the month of September. Hmm. So if they can get that worked out, I'm looking for Auburn to actually go into LSU, despite how, from an optics standpoint, how we looked last week, I'm I, I'm looking for them to go in and actually come away with the first win in God knows how long, right? <laughs> so long time. Those are those are those are the things that I'm looking to see. Uh, I'm looking for the 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 D line, the front, the, the the front seven to actually assert itself and make life tough for LSU. Right. So that Max, the pressure is on Max Johnson, and then I just expect us to actually uh, show that we can throw a forward pass when need be. You think uh, you think Auburn wins, C Dub? The the orange and blue that that pumps in my heart says yes. Okay. Well, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. I, I was kind of of the four of us on the War Report. I've been kind of the negative Nancy in the off season as terms of predicting what Auburn will do. Okay. Right? Uh, 
I, I had us losing this game in the offseason. But after seeing that this is perhaps one of the more vulnerable LSU teams that we've played or will play in a while, mm -hmm. this is a great opportunity for Auburn to take advantage of it and win in Baton Rouge. And I'm not sure how many opportunities we're going to get that with Texas and Oklahoma coming in. So I definitely want to see us take advantage of it this year. Uh, I'm still confident in Harson and the coaching staff to get it right. I just want us to get the right personnel out there and actually come up with a a competent and a game plan that actually makes sense for the personnel that we put out on the field. All right, Mike G, your thoughts? Yeah, like I'm getting pretty close here, Zach to not being able to pick my squad even as a homer. So okay. um, at some point you got to face reality about what the team is and what they're not. So we get kind of a new lease on life Saturday. If Finley starts, I agree with that, man. Right. Yes. We get a chance to see something different that might actually produce something different. And now the, the coaches have four games worth of tape. They should know which players are what. Um, we're going to see some different wide receiver rotations, it sounded like, from Harson. Uh, you know, I asked him about, you know, wide receiver rotations that we're always reevaluating. And, you know, I think when you look at the tape from Saturday, I don't, I don't know how Canyon doesn't play. Right. I don't know how Capers doesn't get time. Throw the ball at Malcolm Johnson a little more, right? Um, you know, and Kobe has shown up. So those four guys I expect to see a little bit more of and a little bit less of some others. And I think this is a this is a game that Auburn can win. This is a winnable game. Sure. Our, our quarterbacks were combined 51% in the passing game against Georgia State. That can't happen again. No. Uh, we need to be right. in the mid-60s to win this game. So – uh, the difference between 51% and 65-66 are those throws, those game-changing throws. Even when Finley came in the game, he missed a few. He missed two surefire touchdowns. Especially early on. Yeah, right now. Uh, I'll give him a little bit of reprieve because he came off the bench cold, was probably amped up. But, you know, I got to give him credit for the passes that he did hit as well, too, that were pretty amazing throws. Sure. So, you know, if if we can pass the ball somewhere in the mid 60s, I think that Auburn wins this game. I'm not going to say easily, but I think that we can have a good day if Owen Papo comes back at least at 85 uh, percent to help plug that run game. Then I could see this UCLA ran all over LSU mm -hmm. and we got better running backs. So if we can stretch the field a little bit and keep LSU honest, I don't care who the opponent is. If you're going to try to run against a 10-man box often, your offensive line has to be all world. Yeah. And even then, it's going to be tough for your running backs. Our offensive line is not all world. So we need to be able to help those guys out and throw the ball and take some pressure off them in pass pro and in run blocking. I see Auburn winning a close one, a nail-biter. Uh, first time in 20 years we go into Baton Rouge and get the win. But I'm not saying that with any confidence because really um, I more so than the players, I'm I'm worried about the game plan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm worried about the coaching in this one. So, you know, we've been a little stubborn. And I, I told Caesar, you know, you know, a few times if they're going to call plays like this, I, I, I don't think that we have the right personnel in the game. 
for how they seem determined to want to run this offense. So if you're not going to adapt the offense to the players that you do have on the field, um, you got to get the right players on the field to run it the way that you want to run it, which means TJ Finley, Elijah Canyon, Xavion Capers, you know, Malcolm Johnson, Kobe Hudson. You went you know, 31 you, minutes without bringing up Malcolm Johnson Jr. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I love – I listen, I'm still high on Malcolm. He, he had a beautiful comeback catch for both in Saturday's game where he just came back and helped his quarterback out. Uh, I want to see I want to see that. These guys have, have good downfield ball skills and great speed. Let's see it, man. Yeah. Let's see them get some catchable balls and give them a chance to make an impact on this game Saturday. You know, if you're Harson, this this is why you got hired. Our record versus LSU, Georgia, and Alabama is a has been abysmal. Very bad, right? Yeah. Now you can you can start the Harson era off doing something we haven't done in two decades. Come on, Brian Harson, let's go with LSU's old quarterback. That'd just be incredible. That'd be yeah, incredible. yeah, just absolutely icing on the cake. <laughs> How can folks get involved with the awesome community you guys have at the War Report? If you are watching this on YouTube, go over to that search bar and type in the war report and you will find us there also you can look for us on podcasts wherever podcasts are streamed and if you are a social media maven you can find us at the war report on instagram uh twitter facebook and if you're a tiktoker we are tw report awesome guys well thank you so much another war report wednesday in the books if you want more Auburn content, check out everything at The War Report. But also, if you missed uh, my conversation with Chandler Wooten, it is, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, it's the most recent show. and uh, Or just go, uh, go over and check it out on YouTube. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Auburn LSU right here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.